It's about mindset, it's about entrepreneurship, and it's about career growth. Whatever we consume on a daily basis will mm. definitely influence us. It felt so amazing that there just wasn't any going back. I couldn't give myself plan B. It has to be commit to plan A. In a while, huh? Yeah. Oh, really? Am I your like, first guest? Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. And we're back. Thank you very much for tuning in. It has been a moment. I'm here with Dia and our Hello. friend, Mr. John Sane. John is a futurist. He is a trend spotter. He is a faculty member of Singularity University. He's an author of a library of books. He is a multiple TEDx speaker and he is an all round great guy. John, welcome, 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 welcome back, buddy. Thank you, my friends. The first time I was here, I didn't really know you guys. Now we become yeah, friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What a wonderful improvement. And thank you for the kind introduction. Thank you. Very welcome, mate. It's, um, it's great to have you back. Last time we had you on the show, uh, it was actually pre-COVID. Yes, it was. So well, when, we're talking about, when we're talking about all things kind of mindset shifting, preparing for the future, who would have known when we had that conversation that that Black Swan event was about to come and yeah. just destroy so much of our, our planning right and well and yeah i think a lot of the, a lot of the the sort of stuff that i've been tracking it just kind of brought 2030 forward 10 years absolutely you know, it fast tracked everything it changed time in fact i think that the malleability of time has changed some mm. things take forever some things whiz past us yep. so it's almost it's shifted so much besides just work you know it's mm. really done a lot with our consciousness and what we prioritize and it's so true. Yeah, it's been it's been tough for many people, but also amazing for many people. You know? Absolutely. Mm. Look, we've got a lot to get through today. Um, we had a bit of a catch up beforehand. There's so many interesting topics and we can go so many different directions with you. Um, but I want to start somewhere that I think many people can relate to, which was you had some tough times in COVID mm. and you spent time looking inwards. Mm. You spent time reassessing where you wanted to go. And it mm. looks like you've come out all guns blazing. <laughs> it's yeah. been amazing to see how... Um, you've, re you've rebuilt out of COVID. Mm. And I think everything that you told us last time on the podcast, which we will link to in the show notes below, um, everything you told us last time on the podcast about preparing for the future, you spoke to us as an agency about different teams working on different things so that you could, you could have um, different groups focused on different areas rather than everyone trying mm. to do the same thing. And from a personal capacity, how you look forward, how you prepare yourself for what comes next. Mm. Now, all of that was, was actually... Prophetic, is that the right word? Mm. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Prophesizing. It's a big word. It's a big word. I don't know if I want to take that no, word. But, but, what, yes, but, okay. but where I'm going with this, where yeah, I'm going yeah. with this is that, that everything <clears throat> that you were saying was, was around the, the trajectory of the world as we saw it then. Mm -hmm. Everything has changed. Mm -hmm. How did that way of thinking help you go through what you went through mm. and come out where you are today? Mm. Well, I mean, it's quite a prophetic question, actually. <laughs> Pathetic or prophetic? <laughs> yeah, prophetic. <laughs> um, you know, in my, in my new book, uh, I actually start off with saying, with all the tools I had, I was wiped out. Mm. You know, with everything that I'd gone through and prepared, mm. I was finding myself in deep bouts of depression over that mm. period of COVID, you know? So as much as I'd like to say that even because yeah. I was researching it and speaking mm. about it, that I was prepared myself, I don't think anybody emotionally mm. was anywhere near prepared for what was going to happen, you know? Mm. But what I do think has happened for many people <clears throat> is the Maslow hierarchy of needs has been turned upside down. And, you know, uh, we had self-actualization right on the top of everything and all of us were rushing at an incredible pace trying to achieve, I don't know what, I don't know, we were just running, you know, <laughs> yeah. everything was in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that sort of pause on everything got us to reassess family, mm. physiological health, 
um, emotional health, financial mm. health, mm. and all those basics that we just weren't getting the time and space to do. And so being forced to go through the process of mourning our future memories and actually dealing with the wiping clean of the slate, I think really got us to deeply introspect, you know? And we can see this from the future of work, you know? We can see this from people not wanting to go back to where they were and leaving relationships and leaving work and trying to figure out what the next step is. And sure. I know for myself, my <laughs> friends in South Africa, a mass exodus out of the cities. Lots of my mm. friends started buying farms and mm. sort of like, you know, these sort of uh, uh, off the grid sort of uh, states. And all of a sudden that became a thing that was happening. I don't know if it's because I'm nearly 50, but because uh, of COVID. But uh, yeah, this was amazing. Huh? A lot of reassessment of what was important. Mm. Mm. And in terms of where you are today, you've got a new book coming out. Mm. Uh, we haven't read it yet. We haven't, we I haven't, haven't read seen it either. It. Yeah. No, I've, read it. Actually, I've, I've read it so many times, I'm sick of it, but yes. <laughs> Amazing. So tell, yeah. tell us about that. Who do we become? So who do we become is, honestly, I think one of the most important questions that we could be asking ourselves right now. And I think mm -hmm. it's because we often want to drag who we were into who we need to become. And that really just doesn't work anymore. And the world that we're moving into requires a reprioritization of our emotional intelligence and our consciousness. And so most people want to keep doing what they've always done. And the question for me is, how are you evolving to meet this new world where it needs to be met? And the old identities that we had, in fact, even maybe the old educational PhDs and doctorates and MBAs that we yep. had are becoming more and more irrelevant. It's true. And this is a tough place because we've built lives around our identities. We've built communities around our identities. And mm. now all of a sudden those identities need to be dissolved because nobody really cares about your past as mm. we start moving into this new future. And this is because of many different things, because of automation. Uh, automation is all about pattern recognition and pattern repetition. Mm -hmm. And all we've been taught for the last 200 years is how to be pattern recognizers and pattern repetition yeah. specialists. And so not only because of technology, but because of also the financial system that's changing. And all of a sudden, what you used to do was worth a lot of money, and now a computer can do it for much cheaper. And then add to that that we have a new technological massive shift coming with blockchain and crypto. And, yeah. and so everything is changing. So the question is, is who are you going to become? Like, how are you evolving yourself and how are you recalibrating who mm. you are? And so the book is broken down into three phases. The first phase is anguish and sadness. It's that whenever we start the journey to next, you have to leave the shore of familiarity. And that's a very tough thing to do. And most people don't want to do that, you know, and including myself. Like who, why would you want to leave the mm. amazing life that you've built for yourself, right? Good to gray. Yeah, sorry? Good to gray. Yeah, exactly. So first is sad. And I, I share a lot of my own sort of pockets of depression when I was in COVID, you know? Mm. Um, I was, I was lucky enough to be with my parents on their farm, which was just amazing. But mm. still, you know, isolated from the world and everything that you dreamt of had been taken away. Yeah. The second part of the book is about abnormality and strangeness mm -hmm. and how we're going to be entering an incredibly strange reality over the next 10 years. Uh, technology, uh, reprioritization, and just the best example that I think all of us can relate to is... A year ago, nobody knew what an NFT was. People are paying $80 million for NFTs, <laughs> and, we still don't know, and we still don't know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. JPEGs, right? Yeah, Pixelated yeah. 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 JPEGs. <laughs> yeah. We still don't know, and people are still buying it, and people yeah. are mortgaging their houses to buy houses in the digital world. And you're like, yeah. wow. yes, I get it, and I, need, I know yeah. some people are making money, but I still don't understand it, most the practicality not, of it. Though, right? 
yeah. And so yeah. this is the beginning of strangeness and mm -hmm. uh, the beginning of us starting to wear Tesla haptic suits where we can feel push and pull and heat and cold from the other side of the world. I mean, this is really just yeah. messing with who we are, what we're about, mm. understanding our level of consciousness and timelines. In fact, our, I, like I said, the malleability of time is even changing. So strangeness is going to be our reality mm. over the next sort of 10 or years or so. I'm starting to hear that there's a bit of polarity as well. I think when you mentioned that a lot of people are moving off the grid and, mm. and you know pursuing that lifestyle. And then there's the other side of sort of the community where they're moving into the metaverse. Yes. And there's these two kind of like <clears throat> groups, I guess, of people that are mm. shifted into two different ways of life. Mm. Um, although, you know, the metaverse world is new and there's a lot of questions around it. Mm. And of course, a lot of opportunities. But at the same time, I see a lot of people moving into that space based on the fear of not missing out. They just don't want to miss out on mm. something new and mm. they want to be part of it. And they want to, you know, partake into that mm. into that space. Um, but it's super important when it comes to that self-reflection mm. that either is imposed through an external force like mm. a pandemic or lockdown or mm. you're forced to be with yourself to kind of like grow and learn about yourself a little bit more. But do you feel like there's that polarity in, in society at the moment where, where it's like some of them are saying, OK, drop the ball. I'm, I'm moving off the grid, basically. And, and others are like, OK, put a chip in my brain and let's <laughs> let's go into the metaverse. Yeah, so. you're right. I think but polarity is the name of the game at the moment. Okay. If you think about politics and if you think about just like on every level, there's this polarity that's happening, you know, and I think if you think about metaverse and multiverse and if you start to understand <laughs> quantum science, you realize that there's we are in a multiverse. Yeah, exactly. You know, we have a very yeah. rudimentary technological option to be in the metaverse. Yeah. But if you think about it, there's timelines and realities that are happening in parallel and at the same time mm. by the millions, mm. if not mm. infinity numbers. And this is really when you start getting into shamanic work, you start to realize mm. that there's just an incredible level of things that are happening outside our five senses. True. Sure. And so, yes, there's layers to this. And I think Inception, the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, was yeah. way ahead of its time. Yeah. Just talking about a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream. And you're like, mm. you couldn't quite get it. But then if you start doing some shamanic work, you start to realize, yeah. And then if you think about That's the metaverse, yeah. it's just a very rudimentary parallel reality that we're going to tap into from time to time, which I think really is a reflection point of our understanding of consciousness that's starting to grow now and starting to mm. realize these parallel realities are actually everywhere. Do you think that could be a gateway for... A lot of let's say people to to accept yes. multiverses and multi-realities yes absolutely okay. and i think that technology is always mirroring our yeah. consciousness and if you think about it <clears throat> web 2 was centralized very mm. masculine <clears throat> a top down web 3 is very decentralized very feminine mm. uh, very sharing in nature very transparent in nature mm -hmm. and what are we doing we have a rise of the female consciousness the you yeah. know feminine consciousness is growing around the world and yes technology is just matching it as well as as, as we as we move into the future mm. do you think that there has been significant enough change in human consciousness human <coughs> consciousness because of the pandemic do you think that there's been i know that there was a shift and we all felt like we were entering a new world of a way of thinking not so materialistic uh you mentioned earlier about um maslow's hierarchy of needs being flipped upside down and self-actualization and we were all spending time thinking wow maybe we don't need so much mm. stuff maybe mm. we can get rid of all these things we're all quite happy just sitting at home for a period of time and going you know what life's really simple mm. i don't have this issue to deal with that mm. dynamic to worry about mm. blah 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 i just have to, i have to stay at home i leave the house one day what you know one <laughs> one time a day it's just life was yeah, simplified yeah. <clears throat> and we're living in a very 
complex world of uh, cell phones and, mm. and email and just mayhem of social media, all of these things makes our life, makes life very difficult. We went through a phase which I felt lasted for a period of time. Yeah, we back. <laughs> do you feel that we do you think there's going to be ongoing change or do you think that we are just going to go straight back to where we were? Look, I think it just depends on individuals. I yeah. don't think there's a blank sort of broad stroke you can create, you know. The the poorer people that haven't got want a lot and that's yeah. allowed and the people maybe who've had a lot want much less and mm. that's also allowed. So I don't think there's one broad stroke, you know. I think maybe for our privileged space, yes, it was decluttering. Yeah. Mm. You know, and I think there was, you know, I don't know if you saw the trend around secondhand clothing. It just shot through the roof Does over really? COVID okay. because people were breaking, like taking out stuff from their cupboards and going, geez, I don't need these 18 yeah, yeah. Gucci handbags. Yeah. And, you know, and why you never you need 18 why Gucci you, handbags. Why, why do you have so many Gucci <laughs> exactly. handbags? Because you're bored and uh, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing else to do but go shopping. Yeah. Um, but I think in that world, yes, mm. decluttering was obvious. Yeah. But now you can't go to a kid in India who's never had a you know, sure. PlayStation and say, listen, dude, you need time to declutter. I mean, mm. like, yeah, yeah. Can I clutter up first before I declutter? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I do think a level of consciousness has become very decluttered. Like yeah. you were saying, you know, people are moving to the countryside. Yeah. I have definitely decluttered, me personally. Yeah. Even more decluttered. And, and I feel it's uh, uh, very freeing. Yeah, liberating. You know? Very liberating, you know. What are, I mean, you know, just for the, for the, for the normal sort of person listening, what are the tools that you think? Normal people listen to this. I mean, yeah. I, that was, yeah. As in, <laughs> mom, mom and dad. Yeah. So to rephrase the question, I think for the people that are, that maybe don't have the access or time to, um, to reflect on themselves. Mm. Um, we've all kind of had that moment <clears throat> during lockdown where, where we were forced into reflection. We were forced yes. into deep, yeah. deep diving into the, the self. Right. But. Yeah. Now that we're back to some version of normal life, yeah. what are the tools that, that you think are super important for us to continue developing in the right direction? Because it's so easy for us to slip back to, to the norm and what we're mm -hmm. used to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are signs that people don't want to do that again. Like people don't want to show up to the office five times mm -hmm. a week. People mm -hmm. don't want to have the same sort of working regimes and structures and, and other things in the personal life as well. But are there things that you, you recommend um, you know, for, for us to to practice, to make sure that the, the evolution of the self mm. is in the right direction? Mm. Yeah, it's such a great question. Um, I think there's two key things that come up for me right now when you ask that is finding peace and centering yourself, you know, on a, more, on a daily basis, finding that peace within yourself and obviously meditation and breathing yeah. and those mm. sort of things. But then also giving yourself the opportunity to seek discomfort throughout the day. Mm. Um, and I think uh, I did a talk a little while back and I called it the tyranny of comfort. And it's almost like we seek out comfort over everything else. And in a time of so much transition, that is a terrible, terrible thing to do. Mm. So once you've centered yourself, what you're actually doing is giving yourself energy to seek discomfort. Mm. And then in the seeking of discomfort, you're growing your brain, you're growing your consciousness, you're evolving, and then you come back and center yourself again. It's a conscious choice <clears throat> to seek that discomfort, right? rather than just falling from discomfort to discomfort. I, I um, was you talking biggest seeking discomfort. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you are the you're the champion of seeking <laughs> yeah. discomfort, Tom. <laughs> I enjoy it. I enjoy it. What? Yeah. No, I enjoy, I enjoy yeah. it. But um, I actually put, make I, me feel lazy. Actually, <laughs> I yeah. put something up the other day that was was talking about this topic exactly, and it was it was the thought process around um, so much of our lives. It's about uh, protecting ourselves and seeking comfort, right? Mm. Trying to mm. keep our life on an even keel, yeah. trying to minimize the damage, trying to minimize uh, bouncing off the walls as you go down the um, down the corridor. Mm. But life 
doesn't work like that no. you know as we've just discussed and yeah. it could be a black swan event it could be anything mm. um it's inevitable that at some point we're all going to face a very significant challenge or multiple, multiple very yeah. significant challenges mm. but what we do to prepare, prepare for that mm. nothing no nothing no. We, we try and avoid yes. at all drink costs. it away yeah we <laughs> go do, to gym yeah. it away there we yeah, go do but, something but, away, yeah. you know what i mean but we we don't prepare our mind for this no. we know it's coming because mm. it happens to everybody but mm. we don't spend any time bulletproofing ourselves so that when we do face a tough time we're like mm. uh-huh i've been here before i'm not weak i'm mentally strong i've got yeah. grit i've got yeah. resilience i can deal with this yeah um and that's a really interesting thought process that we all agree it's going to happen very few of us actually spend time preparing right. for it look i think i think there's two yeah. things we can do there is one prevention is better than cure mm. and so what is prevention prevention is trying to heal any patterns or trauma that you carry because yeah. what's happening is that this tough time that you have created and so in, in fact you've created it yourself to be able to deal with a patterning that you're carrying from childhood hmm. so for me uh family constellations for example is a modality to break these patterns so it becomes less and less having to hit friction points yeah and the second thing <clears throat> and i have a friend back in south africa that's going through a bit of a tough time and, and i said to him i said how quickly can you move from anguish to clarity and what is it that you need to be doing to be able to fast track that healing? And there's a couple things you could be doing. Your cellular structure is a reflection point of your internal dialogue. So try and find some modalities that can heal the cellular structure, like body talk, kinesiology, Reiki, anything to move the cellular structure. The second thing is, who are you seeing to help you deal with this emotional state that you're in and how many people are you seeing? And so what most people do is like, I'm gonna deal with it myself, you know? Yeah. I'm gonna think about it, I'm gonna read something but you know, you need to be surrounded by professionals that are helping you heal your heart, your brain, and your body. And so that what that does, it fast tracks you through those processes. So yeah. I think prevention is key, but mm. also once you hit a bit of a wobble, who are you seeing, when are you seeing them, how are you seeing them, and how yeah. often are you gonna try and sort that out? Well, I, I, people have this understanding that if you want to get fit, you know, you go to a yeah. personal trainer, you get a coach yeah. of some sort, but for the, for the, for emotional the mind, stuff, yeah. emotional they don't, right? Yeah. But yeah. so I, I read something the other day saying that somebody trying to think their way out of anxiety is like an alcoholic <laughs> trying to drink their way out of yeah. alcoholism, yeah. which is so true, right? Yeah. It's like the problem is yeah. the, f the framework is, mm. is broken. I wouldn't, I would, yeah. broken maybe, I think mm. that's a strong word, but the framework is not as it should be to allow you to process whatever it is that you're trying to process and you need help with or guidance with, with, with rebuilding that framework. This is why you feel this way. This is how we can deal with this. It's just giving you the, the mental tools, right? Rather than just saying, this is what you do with those kettlebells over there. If you just walked into the yeah, gym, no, you've got no idea. No idea. You hurt things. yourself. You hurt yourself. Yeah, break down. But, and if you and if you sit there in a mm. in a dark corner trying to process mm. this in your mind, mm. the reason you're there is because you're not able to currently process it. Mm. You need guidance yeah. with that, right? But so many people don't ask for help. Well, the thing is, is anxiousness people think is just default. I think mm. well, that's normal. Mm. Everybody's anxious, but the truth is, it's just you unfit emotionally. Mm. That's the best thing to think about is that if you're running and you can't breathe, go train some more. If yeah. you're anxious most of the day or some of the day, you just unfit. And mm. so to be honest with you, I hardly am anxious, hardly ever. And mm. the reason is, is that I've been working at it for years mm. and years of unwinding traumatic expectations. Mm. And that's all it is, is that you're continuously in that place of, oh my God, it, it's good. Oh, I'm in trouble. It's, it's going yeah. to break at any time. Yeah. And that's just unfitness. And, and when you tell somebody that, they're like, no. And I think the, the most dangerous thing is people say, I suffer from anxiety. Yep. No, 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 it's you don't. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've created a habit that's now created this idea that you suffer from anxiety. There's yeah. no such thing. Yeah. So there is ways to, to, to heal. Would them. you say like, unfitness or, or even injury? Because I remember when wow. you spoke to us before, mm. you spoke about healing, I forget the actual terms you used, mm. but it was healing 
your inner child, mm. something around that yes. space that yes. we all grow up and we, we're all basically protecting our, our child within yes. us, right? So yes. this is how insecurities play out. This is how yes. bad behavior comes out because we're protecting our ego in mm. one way or another. So often it's, um, it sounds to me like that there are injuries within you that you've well not said. fixed. So therefore, well if you're running, you've got a yeah. bad leg, you need to fix your leg, then you can run better. Brilliant. Well right? said. So yeah, it is an injury. And, mm. and, and I think that firstly, what I was saying actually to a friend yesterday, I was saying, you know that all your memories mm. are false. And she was like, no, they're not. I'm like, do you have a brother? Yeah. Did your brother grow up in the same house as you? Yeah. Does he have similar memories to you? No, he has totally different memories. So whose memories are right? Yeah. Yours mm. or his? None. We just hold on to these memories and then we make them our identity and then that's it. That's who we are. And we create our reality, right? Yeah, yeah, we create it, you know? And so that's why the book, Who Do We Become, is like, who are you evolving into so that you actually are a new version of yourself that's better, mm. shinier, more seamless, more abundant, more loving, more open-hearted. Mm. Like that's the real key because, you know, when I started doing futuristic work, it was all about technology and drones and AI mm. and it was all yeah. exciting. Yeah. But then eventually you get to a point where you realize it doesn't matter how much of that stuff you know. If you're a miserable person, that's like, it, right? What's the point? Yeah, the so future my, of the human being. I think that's yeah, the internal yeah. future. And for me, it's just all my work has just naturally evolved into that because you know what? When you sort that out, man, everything yeah. else fixes yeah. itself. You know, the drones arrive when they're supposed to arrive. You figure out what you need to mm. arrive. Like yeah. everything makes sense. Yeah. So actually, if you do that work. You don't mm. even have to worry about the future. The future then becomes mm. obvious and easy for you to move into. And it, it, it becomes an intention, right? I think so many people in life are cruising. You know, they, they're like, they're, oh, we'll see what happens with my job. I, I might get yeah. promoted. I yeah. might not. You know, yeah. there's no, this is what I want to do in yeah. the next five years. Yeah. I must ask for this promotion. I yeah. must leave this company to get mm. this job. I must, you know, there's no, there's no intention. When you're talking mm. about who do you become, mm. that has to be an intention. Absolutely. I want to become mm. that person, mm. right? Okay, let's start there. Now let's work backwards. Mm. What is the five-year plan, mm. four-year plan, three? Mm. What do I need to do tomorrow mm. to get to that point? Because that point? if you don't figure it out, it's the same with, a, 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 in my case, a fitness goal, right? Mm. You don't stumble into an ultramarathon. You make that as your goal, mm. and then everything is planned backwards. This is what I need to be doing in December, November, mm. October, mm. and then what do I need to do tomorrow? Mm. Okay, tomorrow I need to do this because I need to yeah. have a base of fitness before I even start the, the, the specific Can I ask training. you a question? Sure. What made you want to do that? <laughs> like, at what point were you sitting yeah. there going, "I want to go into minus forty degrees and I want to run"? For yeah, what, sure. what, what, like, yeah, like what clicked? I get, I get this question quite a lot, mm. and is, there are there are so many different ways to answer it mm. because there are so many different benefits that come from doing something mm. like this. And mm. I think the one that would not the one. Let me try and answer it in a way that I think uh, would relate to you and to mm. you know the context <clears throat> of this conversation. Um, when you are pushing yourself to your absolute limit you're living you're living on the edge of 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 your being you're living mm. on the edge of your consciousness you're mm. you're squeezing as Every much bit, life yeah. out of life mm. you you feel so energized so alive that you are in this case i uh, it's the truest form of adventure in the truest form mm. of wilderness mm -hmm. i was stood in a forest mm. in the arctic <coughs> circle on my own mm in deathly silence, mm. in a place that very few people will ever visit. Mm. And I was like, I am alive mm. right here, mm. right now. <clears throat> this is what I wanted. On top of that, there's the, um, Goggins talks about callousing the mind. Mm -hmm. Let me go back to my point earlier around preparing for mm. what may come. Now we run, a, we run a company here. 
things go sideways all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, there's 175 people across multiple wow. offices. Mm. Like the phone can go and it can be something that can <laughs> literally, no it's a brick yeah. to the head and yeah. you had no idea it was coming. Right. Right. So you can sit and, and hope that doesn't mm. happen. It's it's inevitable. Mm. Or you can prepare for it. And the mm. way that I prepare for it is is trying to build this mental resilience through mm. physicality, but but also through the adventure. I love the adventure. Mm. I want to, I want to, by the time I'm done here, yeah. I want to have experienced everything. everything. Yeah. I want to have squeezed everything. Yeah. I want to have, have gone, you know what? I went to the, the, the corners of the world, yeah. met people that I never would have yeah. met. Yeah. I never want to just be clocking in and clocking mm. out. I don't mm. think that's a, that's a life. It's our, it's our duty to ourselves to, to experience everything, to grow as much <clears> as we can, to, mm. to build um, within us through mm. these adventures and, 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 and excite ourselves. And that's, well, it's wonderful. It's really so. wonderful to watch, you know, and I've really appreciated it. And I, on it, to be honest, I have two emotions when I watch you do these things. Mm. <laughs> Hopefully at least one of them, I, I hope one it's of them positive, is positive. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure one of them is negative. Is the, one, what, is, <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. Stop, stop. <laughs> no, the first one is wow. Like, thank you for showing me potential, you know, and mm. how I need to push myself. And the second thing is, geez, I need to push myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. mm. It's like, geez, I need to do more. Mm. And I think yeah. that's the very basics of inspiration. You know, inspiration right. says the potential of what you're able to do is bigger than what you think you can do. Absolutely. And so often I'm sure when people spend time with you guys, they'll, like, they'll say, I feel so inspired. And really what they're trying to say is, you saw a bigger version than me than I saw of myself. Mm. And so that reflection point when I see you do that, I'm like, okay, Tom can do it. I can also like, I, yeah. I, it gives me permission. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I've got to get my lazy ass into gear. So yes, those are my two emotions <laughs> well, that I, I have. Look, yeah. I, I appreciate that, mate, because there, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that, that I, well, I certainly look up to in the, in the physical mm. space, mm. but I know a lot of them are unattainable. You know, they're, they're the, the celebs of the mm. world that you're just like, wow, I mean, they're mm. just freaks of nature in a completely different space. Mm. No, if there's anything that I would love to to be doing mm. is playing that role for people that are the same as me. I don't feel mm. that I'm doing anything that anybody else that I know couldn't do if they just put their mind to it yeah. and trained, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. If, you, if you watching that adventure makes you think, you know what, I'm going to sign up for something yeah. that was maybe bigger than what I would have done Absolutely. before yeah. I watched this. Then that's, that's what you that's do, bro. Amazing. Yeah. No, I feel it's amazing. Wonderful. It makes yeah. me feel amazing. There's a, there's a bit of an interesting crossroad just listening to you now talk about this. I think finding your fire that allows you to continue pushing yourself in mm. a space that is unknown, <clears throat> for example, um, if, that, if, if that fire is linked with the passion, with, mm. with something that gives you that kind of drive, mm. then through that practice, if you're able to callous the mind, if you're able to put a, a, a system in place that develops you as a person and, mm. and allows you to explore life in a different way, mm. then you've, you've found something that will make you a better human. Because mm. I think a lot of the time, and maybe, you know, fitness is obviously an, an, an adventure, I would say, like, yeah. is, a, is a clear one for you. Uh, for me, it could be arts and music. Yeah. And, and there's, through that, there was a lot of struggle also. Like, you know, so many times people say, well, why are you doing this? You're fucking wasting your time. Yeah. Are you getting paid for this? No, mm. man. It's, but that's not the point. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, finding that fire that allows you to work, to, to exercise your being and your existence through creation or through exploration. Yeah, I love that. Then it allows you to, like, you know, in, in your mind, you become, you become a stronger person. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's a very interesting probably crossroad for people who are listening is like, what is your fire? Where's your passion lies? Mm. But there's two different ways. These are two different ways to approach the same yeah. thing, right? You yeah. are you are the most centered, peaceful person I know. But I know, but it's taken you a long time to yeah. get there because you haven't yeah, yeah. always been that way. Yeah, but you've spent a lot of time and effort and you've lived in that space for such yeah. a period of time that when the shit hits the fan, mm. it's mm. peace. Mm. Now, I've seen him on set with 50 people 
global clients, <clears throat> loads of money involved, mm. like loads of risk to us as a brand. Mm. Peace. Yeah. Completely peaceful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do this, you do this, yeah. you do this. That's cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll get through this it's together. Amazing, yeah. You know, and especially because things, you know, on a production set, things go sideways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And he's <clears> always so, super peaceful. Mm. So it's because of the work that you've done in a different space. It's True. the meditation. Yeah. It's mm. the um, looking within yourself. It's everything. Yeah. You manifest, manifest in the same way. I yeah. feel that I'm not as peaceful as you. Yeah. Um, but the things that I've done have helped me get to a, get to a space. Mm. And John, you told us last time that you were here that your backstory as well from yeah. the restaurants. Yeah. Mm. Um, how that didn't work out, how you know you had difficulties with business partners mm. and you rebuilt yourself in a different space. Mm -hmm. Since then, you've had to go through that again in yes. a way yeah. and build yourself back into where you are now. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's amazing to see how there's been a clear effect. Like you're a very unique person. You have a very unique personality. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that wasn't always the way. When you ran restaurants, sure. as you said, you were talking like watches and cars and, and yeah. like you were a different human. Dubai right? life. Yeah, Dubai, Dubai life, man. Dubai I was in Joburg. Dubai life. Dubai life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Joburg's got a Joburg life. life. <laughs> yeah, Joburg right? life. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but now you are where you are because of the work you've done. So I think mm. that I, in short, the takeaway for listeners is mm. there are many different ways mm. and you must find your own. It's not just, oh, yeah. I must go run an ultra marathons to be no, no, the person that can run a company. There's many ways to do it, but you just need to find your way well, look, it works. this is what's really important, I think, if we want to touch on this, is that the currency of the future is your uniqueness. Mm. It is, you know, the world that we come from has always praised you for fitting in, not fitting out. Mm. And so what's fitting in? Do you have a PhD? True. Did you fit yeah. in to yeah. the structure that we created for you to study, to go and get the yeah. job yeah. that we created yeah. for you to have? And so for the longest time, our society, in fact, for 200 years, when we've yeah. been studying uh, IQ development, knowledge yeah. and insights, and yeah. all of these university and corporate structures have gotten us to fit into a system. Mm. But unfortunately, what has happened is now we've arrived at something called the surplus society. We have a surplus of clever people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like your job, there's 15 people behind you waiting for your job yeah. to move out the way. You've or become commodities. Or a computer. <laughs> well, the yeah. second thing is now, <laughs> yeah. if you don't like your job, there's a computer to do it for yeah. you, you know? And so what we realize is that the currency of the future is human genius, is mm. human uniqueness. And this is what we can start to see from the creator economy. Last year it did $8 billion. Yeah. And so what's the creator economy? It's solo humans who've developed their genius, who've accessed yeah. what they're about, and now are selling it in a, in a service or a product or whatever it may be. Yeah. So I think as we start moving into the future, and if anybody's listening who has kids, really mm. the thing is, is how do you get your kid to become unique and allow that uniqueness to become the currency that they're able to, to, to sell to the world. Yeah. And so I think it's important for us to realize that even as adults, how do you start to let go of the identity of fitting in to start mm. to fit out? And a lot of people are shy of this, right? And so this comes down to the point of what you were saying is that the crossroads of what is it that lights your fire? Mm. And it's not just about evolving, it's about how you're gonna make money in the future. Yeah. Because you're not going to make money in the future just being an accountant because that's sure. going to be taken away from us really soon. Mm. And if we go back to the early 19th century, you know, the biggest shift that came then was electricity. And can you imagine how many jobs electricity took away? Must have been 80% of jobs were like manual yeah. labor and all of that got taken out. Yeah. And so as we move into this AI world that we're moving into, we realize that another 80% of jobs are going to get taken away. And so what people usually do is get fearful, anxious, and angry. Mm. Start protesting. And start protesting. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. we, we want jobs and where's our money? Like, no, 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 hang on. That's the wrong, the, the right yeah. way is how do I evolve myself? Absolutely. And guess what? We've all got access to YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. YouTube, the yeah. university of the world. Sure. And so it's really, it's really important for us to take the responsibility to evolve. And, and going back to the education piece, you mentioned parents there as well. How do you prepare kids mm. for, for what comes next, mm. which, is, which is critical. Yes. And it's 
most likely not in a school system no. that was invented hundreds of years yes. ago and is relatively yes. the same same yes. format, same structure, relatively yeah. the same classes. Yeah. Um, I, I noticed something the other day, a, a local school hmm. uh, that are trying to, it's, it's, it'll be baby steps, right? But there's a local school that are accepting crypto payments. Yeah. Right. Um, and also I was like, okay, that's interesting. They must think differently. I went to, it's a new school that's opening up. Hmm. Um, I forget the name, but then I went into the, I went to the website. I was like, this is interesting because, you know, myself and my wife, you know, at some point we were you know, talking about kids and I was like. I thought you were putting a dog into school. I, was like, no. That's <laughs> I love my dog, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, but we were, you know, what I was saying to her is like, you know, mm. how do we think differently? And this came from COVID and spending a lot mm. of time just on, in lockdown. It's like locational freedom. How mm. can we be in different places? Mm. How can we have kids that are educated in different places? Mm. I don't want a kid that just goes into school, mm. out of school, every day, day in, day out. Mm. How do they do some online learning, mm. some in, uh, mm. in in this country, some in that country? How, mm. how do we restructure the system that is inherently mm. not setting us up mm. or not setting them up for what comes next? Mm. Um, and that was, yeah, I, I don't know where it's gonna go yet. Yeah. But well, look, it's I, I think change. you said something a little bit earlier, which I liked is, um, what is the end result that we're trying to drive for? Mm. And so what do you want your child to be? Do you want your child to um, have a secure job or to be adaptable and excited about life? Yeah, the first, there's no such thing as the first thing, right? No, it's gone. Like these days, it's but then gone. what is everybody doing? Now go study, now get yeah. a degree, make yeah. sure you've got. We're still following that same, right? Yeah. Like old system. It because work. it's all they know. Yeah, yeah. it's all our parents yeah. know, right? Like yeah. our parents were saying to the same thing to us: you must it's, go and do this. I, and you must I've go got do this that. quote in one of my talks. It says, "I don't, I don't tell my kid what to do. They can mm. choose whatever medical school they want to graduate from. <laughs> 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 it's like uh, anonymous yeah. Middle Eastern yeah. mothers. That's pretty interesting because, like, now we've got this kind of thinking, right? And we're trying to like almost like redefine let's say the way that our kids could grow in, in, a, in a future world mm. but when it comes to it when it actually comes to that decision mm. do you think your your decision would would sway either way knowing that there's still a level of community and society that you kind of need to play with and what i mean by that is like let's say okay you've got a child now that's ready to go to school would you take that kid out of school not send him to a regular traditional school and let him do online learning and a, maybe a modern way of, of education that is not recognized by universities and the system. So because that's also a risk factor too. But when you look at like mm. Elon Musk and the rest, they're not sending their kids to no, traditional not. school. <clears throat> mm. So there's almost this two ways of, mm. of learning mm. where one of them is, is futuristic and like open to experience and getting a lot of knowledge from all over the mm. world. But the other one is the safer option where it's kind yeah. of like, yeah, just go to school and mm. graduate. And but I would say that by the time they need that, let's say by the time they're 20, that's 20 yeah. years away. Mm. Like yeah, if yeah. you look at the the rate of change, mm. it's it's exponential. For sure. The rate of change now, if you think, well, we can't even imagine what education looks like mm. in 20 yeah. years. Mm. So yeah. I think we would just have to, we would have to take that risk. Uh, that's what yeah, I would yeah. do is yeah. look at that and say, right, well, I believe <coughs> that if you look at the changes of the last five years versus the last 200, mm. that in 20 years, we're going to be in a very different place. Yeah. Mm. And as, going back to your point, as long as the child, is, your belief is that you're setting the child up for the actual future, not just what the, the, what the history was. Yeah. Historically, yeah. people want the future to look mm. like, which is always the same as the past because yeah. they can't imagine a new future, mm. then are you doing that? Are you doing the right thing by your child? And I think that's the only yeah. thing that's important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It also depends how much money you have. Sure. I think Absolutely. if you've got money, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can money, you can, you can, like Elon yeah. Musk doesn't it's have a, an issue. I mean, yeah, yeah, these yeah. kids will be fine. It's a privileged conversation. It's right? a very privileged It's a privileged conversation. We need to understand that. But as, as we all know with, with technology, that 
it starts there. Yes, but then trickles it, but, then, but then it trickles yeah. down. So if you look at where we might be in 20 years, it's the whole world yeah. that has some sort of a hybrid. Look, I think I get, I get this question a lot is what about the poor people in Africa? What about the poor yeah. people around the world? And, and my answer always has never been better to be poor than it is today. Your access to information mm. has changed. Your access to technology is changing. It's getting cheaper, better, and faster for us to be accessing all the same information. Yeah. And so it's a really wonderful time to be able to utilize these new tools, whereas before there was no option out of those poverty cycles. And it's becoming mm. better and better and easier and easier. I mean, look at yeah. Philippines with the Axiom, you know, that game they've been playing. Have you seen that? that, that no. Uh, you haven't seen that no. game? So the people in Philippines, I don't know, I'm sure you guys can share. Axiom, what's it called? Axiom something. No. Axiom oh, Infinity. Axi Axi Infinity. Yeah. yeah they just Axi got, Infinity. They just got hacked. Did they? Yeah. Like $600 million. No. Yeah. They had um, uh, Ethereum stolen from them. Oh, wow. no. Yeah, yeah. But they will find. they'll find it. Yeah. They keep, they keep people hacking and they yeah. keep finding who's hacking it because yeah, of blockchain. blockchain. Because of blockchain. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. But I mean, if you think about that, the Philippines people are making more money than they've ever made playing this game in a far-flung country somewhere, yeah. you know? So technology and access to it is now they're feeding their families, buying yeah. homes. I mean, it's just changed their whole Amazing. reality about it, you it's know? It's a democratization of information, right? Totally. And if you look at some of the work that... Um, mm. Uh, that Mark Zuckerberg is doing with Meta. Mm. I remember, I don't know where they're at with it, but at some point they were talking about putting satellites mm. into the sky to basically give everybody in the world access to the internet mm. and then uh, build online schools and mm. all sorts of things. So he's, I think that's more of his charity arm than it is Meta. Mm. Um, but there's you know, there's a lot of people awesome. trying to solve big problems in that space. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Elon Musk, I mean, being Elon the most Musk famous. Yeah. He's, doing yeah, yeah. It, he's doing it bigger and more radically than anybody else right mm. now. So yeah, that access to information is going to change everything and mm. anything, you know? So I'm excited about that potential yeah. that we're mm. moving towards. But to come back to lack of intention, I just want to touch on that. Mm. Um, I use this example in one of my workshops and I say like, you know, if you had to get to the airport and you haven't decided where you're going on holiday, mm -hmm. how, what plane are you getting onto? Yeah. <laughs> so, so true. Huh? And yeah. like, what have you packed? Yeah. Like, oh, and how are yeah. you prepared? Have you got the right yeah. passport and yeah. visa? So and people true. are like, no, 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 I know my holiday. I know who, my transfer, my hotel. I'm yeah. like, okay, that clarity. Yeah. Where are you going Where's in life? Future? And yeah. like, people are like, uh, no, I don't apply that same clarity to where I'm going. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> That's a really interesting thought process because you're right. You have to think, what time is a taxi picking me up? Mm. What time do I get to the airport? Is mm. it enough time to check in? Mm. Like you have to be so methodical mm. to get to Miami yeah. from here. Yeah. You don't just turn up in no. Miami. You don't just no. like, oh, what am I going to do today? Walk out the yeah. office and turn yeah. up in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good example. I'm going to steal this. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, please do. No, no, please. No, it's fine. So I think the, the line is um, vague goals bring about vague realities. Yes. That's so nice. Inten inten Intentionality is key. I do like that. Mm. Um, so look, we, we could talk all day. Yes. Yeah. Um, but let's, uh, there's one thing I did want to touch on as well, which is a lot of what we've spoken about is is individuals. And that's very valid to the to those that are listening. But also um, with organizations, how mm. can they prepare for mm. the future that's mm. coming? It's yeah. already happening, yes. but it's exponentially yeah. speeding up. Yeah. Right? How big, can, big how question. Can, how can an organization <clears throat> prepare for that? I was with uh, PwC the other day and they were talking about, I was speaking at their HR Future of Work mm. uh, conference. And we were behind the scenes and we were, I was about to go live and I said, and I asked the question, I was like, do Gen Z even want to come work anymore? And they're like, that's the big question. We're like, we're, like we're trying to create these workspaces that are cool, yeah. but like, I don't even know if they want to like work. Yeah. Like, I don't, it's not okay. even the, the, the chapter I want to move into in my life. You know, I'm not, I'm not working to train to get a job at PwC. It's not my dream as a Gen Z, you know? Sure. And so I think that 
When you say don't want to work, what do you mean by in that? In that structure, in, in that, that way. Okay, That's what structure. I mean. Sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry. I don't mean not work at all. Yeah. Um, just in that way. Sure. You know, the nine to five and having to do those sort yeah. of things. I don't think they want that. I mm. really don't. I don't think any of us want that. Let's just be clear. I think yeah. it's been something we've been indoctrinated yeah, yeah. into. Yeah. And then if we're not working nine to five or nine to eight, we feel guilty, which mm. is the other side yeah. of it, right? Look, I think as organizations, there's again no one broad stroke. And there is so many layers to what you're doing, who you're hiring, how you're developing the business. Yeah. All of this is really something you have to take into consideration. Yeah. But for me, it's always about relinquishing power from the top to allow people from the bottom to start making plans for the business of the future. And I think what usually happens is that we unfortunately are led by many experts of yesterday. Mm. And, you know, Jamie Diamond, uh, the CEO of Chase Bank, mm -hmm. who I was a huge, huge fan of for many years. Every time there was a video of him or a lecture of him or a talk or an interview of him on YouTube, I was the first one watching it. And then he said two things that I just lost total respect. He says, Bitcoin is rubbish and everybody has to come back to work nine to five. I don't care. Oh, wow. Yeah. And immediately I realized, dated. Yeah. She's just dated. Like, yeah. immediately dated. Mm. And and it shows us that people that are in power, especially the baby boomers, and respect to all the baby boomers out there, you're not all the same, but many baby boomers are desperate to hold on to power. Mm. And so as far as any organizational structure moving forward, I call it a process of courage and clarity. It's like, do you have the courage to relinquish power to create a team that goes next to you that builds the op options and opportunities for the future for your sector, for your business, and how it's actually molded? Mm. And often we don't realize that we're suffering from legacy thinking and we don't want to let go of that power. Mm. So whatever organization you're in, do you have a team of Gen Zs helping you understand what it looks like in the future? Do mm. you have a rever reverse mentor mm. where you have a 21-year-old actually mm. helping you understand what the future looks like and mm. how maybe semi many of the rules and regulations that you have in your head don't actually apply? Mm. And so it's really about surrounding yourself as many people that are younger, and don't have any legacy thinking that can reverse mentor you. So again, there's no broad, there's no broad stroke for it. Every business has its own ideas. But the biggest thing for me is, if you're the leader of that business, are you really equipped for what's coming? And mm. don't kid yourself because you're most probably not. And you'd have to yeah. get a 21, 25 year old to help you. And it's, as you said, it's the courage to think in that way and mm. act in that way, right? Mm. I had a friend, um, which I thought was amazing. It was the first time I've ever heard of this. And this was before we'd even met. Mm friend of mine that used to work here her name's nim and she uh, had an opportunity to present something to um the name slips my mind now but he was the ceo of bacardi until fairly recently mm. michael something um but long story short over a period of a year she ended up being put in the c-suite mm. of bacardi mm. globally wow. as chief millennial officer wow yes and she was cmo she mm. sat on the board mm. of the the, the, wow. the few people that ran globally the entire of Bacardi mm. so that he could listen to her mm. and she would co-present on stage with him mm. you know you're talking the CEO of like one of the biggest brands in the yeah. world mm. would be on stage that's with brilliant her, and they'd be co-presenting talking go. about how are they reaching uh, a, a new audience and I was like that is brilliant. Yeah, brilliant but then also on top of that if we really want to think about it alcohol is one of the worst drugs in the world sure true. and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's evolve past let's yeah. have such um, good drugs out there yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. well there we go that's a different podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, but look I agree with you I mean it's yeah, look yeah. at the end of the day it is, it, but, it is uh, but you know alcohol. Deloitte's also has a millennial board oh they do do they yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. millennial millennial board to have everything being seen but you know millennials are now old 
Yeah. You need a Gen Z. Dude, board. I'm a millennial. Yeah, exactly. I'm turning 40. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need and, a Gen and Z. So, board. even millennials, that term is not even young anymore. No, no, no. You know? No, it's but not. this was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. This was that's a few years right. back. So, but yeah, it's Gen the, Z. the thinking is, 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 is spot on, right? And it's the courage to, to, courage. Do, courage to do it's that. It's just courage. As a leader, I yeah. always tell leaders that I work with is look, it's okay that you don't know. Yeah. Just be, be okay yeah. with that. And also, don't try and force the situation yeah. onto yourself because quite literally, you don't know. Why would you know? I don't know. The job is to find out. The job is to hire very smart younger people yeah. to mm. help you understand it better and allow them more decision-making processes. Absolutely. You know? mm. Cool. I think in closing, you know, it, it's it's amazing to to kind of hear the wisdom also about the the, the shift in mindset from your from your perspective about looking at the future and having a, a bit more development as a human being and, mm. and, and the evolution of, of the self is something I'm super interested in. Mm. Um, I know you are. <laughs> yeah, we, have, we have lots of these chats offline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think in, in closing, if there was kind of like a compass for people to to use, mm. you know, when, when it comes to the future and mm. developing themselves, mm. um, you know, what are the main tools that you would you would kind of give to people when it comes to the legal ones yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> and, you know and, and and whether it's you know part un, like understanding the brain right mm. you know we, we talked about anxiety we talked about yeah. you know different mm. areas and i think our existence is far more than what we can just touch mm. and hear and mm. feel and there's mm. different <clears throat> versions of of mm. our brain power and, and the way that we perceive reality mm. um so just in general is there any kind of like tools that yes. you would recommend for people to use yeah a lot of a lot of my, my uh, topics that i'm speaking about now is how to invoke genius how to invoke sixth sense how to invoke intuition and uh, these things have never been celebrated never you could really not make much money out of these things really in the past and so uh, i do a whole workshop around how to develop intuition and i think it's quite a it's quite a deep process because i think a lot of people think that it's just a lentil eating, sandal wearing <laughs> hippie scenario, you know, intuition. Uh, <laughs> meditate no, it's on not it. like that. Yeah, go, go meditate intuition while we do real work and earn real money. But as we move into the future, we know that AI is commoditizing. Technology yeah. is taking away all rudimentary concepts. Yeah. Just like yeah. electricity attached itself to everything, AI will be attached to everything soon. Mm. And that means that many of the current jobs and many ways of thinking are gone. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing we've left with is our intuition. And that mm. becomes our currency Humanity. of the future. Yeah. And so what is intuition? And most people would say it's gut feel. But many times we realize that our gut feel is tainted by traumatic memories. And so your gut mm. feel isn't something you can always trust. Because mm. if you had a bad experience with the dog when you were four years old, your gut feel is that all yeah. dogs are dangerous. That's it. And that's not true. Because all dogs are amazing. It's the humans that own them make them dangerous. So for me, there's four stages and four tips and four processes that I mm. practice a lot. The first one is wisdom. And wisdom is having memories with no triggers. <clears throat> It's the best way you can think about wisdom. Wisdom is finding peace within yourself by healing your past. And so that makes your gut feel clean, mm. crisp, and clear. So work on the injuries. <laughs> the work on the injuries. injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Heal the, the injuries. Heal, Heal the, the injuries. Yeah. And I love that. I yeah. love that uh, term. The second thing is making decisions only based on fascination, nice. not logic. Passion. Only based on excitement. And I think we don't mm. give excitement as an emotion enough credit. Excitement means that you're on purpose. Because you don't always feel excited. But if you could follow that excitement as a rudder, how do you feel when you're excited? Energized, creative, mm. collaborative. You just want to be doing everything all the time, you know? Yeah. And we love people that are at peace and excited. Guess yeah. what? Yeah. Everybody wants to be around them. But what does that mean? Is that people then want to do business with you? Because sure. ultimately, that's what we want to be hanging around with. The third thing is awakening imagination. <clears throat> is that because we've been addicted to certainty for so long as a society, we are massively 
um, undervaluing the power of imagination. And uh, UNESCO Future Literacy Program calls this a poverty in reimagination, which mm. we're suffering from as humanity. Oh is we're so keen to hold on to the safety, security of an identity of the old world that we're just not imagining what could be possible. And so awakening imagination is just quite a practice. It's a skill that you need mm. to start developing. And then fourth is experimentation, is really starting to bring into reality the ideas that you're imagining and you are curious about, you know? And the easiest one for me is like, if you're interested in blockchain or metaverse, go buy a piece of land. Mm -hmm. Open a MetaMask wallet, like mm. try it, buy an NFT and just, even if you don't understand it, go through the process, like experiment with it, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's also really key is that people need to let go of their past, make decisions with curiosity, imagine what could be possible, breathe into that possibility mm. and then experiment with it and then start the cycle again. Mm. And that becomes intuition and that becomes a process that gets us to become naturally adaptable and optimistic for the future. Nice. Powerful closing. <laughs> John, thank you so much for being on the podcast again. I think there was a huge amount of value for for us, the two of us, and hopefully for the, the two people yeah. listening as well. Wonderful. To um, but, uh, the two but, people. <laughs> mom, dad. Mom and, dad. mom and dad, that's it. Um, team, we will be back soon. We have uh, a list of amazing people coming on the podcast, and we can't wait to share that with you. Stay tuned.